Now that Super Bowl 57 is over, it is officially draft season. It is officially mock draft season. Every selection in the first round, plus maybe one extra from Matt Williamson on today's Peacock and Williamson. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson bring you expert NFL analysis every day in less than 30 minutes. Get an inside look into the NFL on the field and in the front office. With elite breakdowns, next-level analysis, and in-depth information only for the real NFL fans. This is Peacock and Williamson, and it starts now. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Brian Peacock alongside Matt Williamson at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL on Twitter. Get your questions in for tomorrow's mailbag episode. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Today's episode Sponsored by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on today to get started. I wasn't expecting a mock draft already immediately yeah. following the Super Bowl. Good work, Matt. And we are furiously off and getting ready for this uh, 2023 offseason, which is shaping up to be a little bit of a doozy. Yeah. So here's what happened. Well, first of all, couple weeks i'm going to be in indianapolis at combine i mean it's officially the off season i mean we, we had a good quick. super yeah we had a good super bowl we had a good recap of it yesterday but now it is the off season and if there's i always I always say this to start the off season too if some of our listeners have ideas for shows you know i mean we're a lot less structured in the off season feel free to tweet us and maybe we'll make that happen for you if there's some ideas you want us to address whatever um but this mock draft this is a little early i'm, I'm going to say i'm not hundred percent on top of my draft prep, but that's going to be a priority now at the Super Bowl's in the books. But here's what happened is we do a series for Steelers.com called a triple take where there's three of us. And it's really just generic draft coverage for people that go to the, the Steelers website. It's not through the Steelers eyes. They really make sure that we don't speak for the Steelers, but it, it starts with a mock draft and that's coming out right now just to get, you know, fans kind of in tune with who are, the top 30, 35 players, whatever. And then we go position by position. And people might remember I have my top five list of positions, which I'll definitely share with you guys as well. That'll be starting the following week, starting with quarterbacks all the way down the line. So this isn't Steeler-centric, but it is for Steelers.com, and you can find it there. And we're actually doing a kind of a fun thing this year is kicking off this mock. We're doing like a Vanna White video where we go up to the board and we hit the button and there's – CJ Stroud, there's, you wow. know, Bryce Young. So they're, we're going to kind of take it another level. So I'll, I'll tweet that out as well. But they didn't want us to do trades and just kind of a generic get people in the same neighborhood. I, I always use steal this phrase from um, you know, Der Daniel Jeremiah. Like this time of year, he wants to get prospects in the right neighborhood. They don't have to be in the right house quite yet. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. And um, of course, there'll be more mock drafts to come and, and there'll be mm -hmm. trades to come that we're projecting as well. But I think Absolutely. before you can project trades, you've got to project what it would look like without trades to know where teams want to start moving. And by the way, mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a fun, probably going to be a really fun draft season for uh, for you with the Steelers covering the Steelers stuff because you got that extra pick. Talked at the open about the extra pick. Yeah. Steelers got a, a top 32 pick now. What, what a trade that looked like for what, what a trade that looks like now for the Steelers trading away Claypool and getting what turned out to be the 32nd pick in the draft, the first pick in the second round. So uh, we will get to that pick as well. A bonus selection here since there's only 31 uh, first round picks because the Miami Dolphins got theirs taken away. 
But let's go to the top. Let's go to pick number one. Chicago Bears are picking number one overall. And if there's no trades happening here, did you go quarterback or did you go defensive lineman where there are two studs in this class? Well, I think there's a really good chance that there is a trade here when it's all said and done. And the more homework, though, I've done on the quarterbacks, I don't consider any of these guys Andrew Luck, Lawrence, maybe not even a Burrow-level prospect. So I'm not sure Bears fans are going to get the haul that they really want, but they'll probably get something to move from one to two or one to four or whatever. Um, And this may apply even if they move out of the first spot, but them and Arizona are probably going to have to make a decision. Do we want Jalen Carter it's a superstar defensive tackle from Georgia or Will Anderson, who's a supremely gifted edge rusher from Bama. I went with the interior guy. I don't know if you have a feeling on that. If you're a team like the bears or Cardinals that needs everything and you have a same grade on Carter and Anderson, would you take the interior guy or the edge guy? I would take the edge guy. And until I see the combine, I I do want to see how big Will Anderson is and what kind of numbers he puts up athletically, you know, uh, can you put him in the in the Von Miller class of edge guys? I'm not sure if he's going to be there, but I just think having that stud edge is a little bit harder to find, and you can have rotational interior depth and get by better than you can mm-hmm. if you don't have that guy from the outside. I would have the tiebreaker be the edge for me and Will Anderson, but a lot of people are, are starting to really, really feel like Jalen Carter might be, you know, um, an extra level ahead of Will Anderson yeah, as a yeah. prospect. And so maybe the more I watch these guys, I'll see some of that from Jalen Carter. I didn't really notice it in the in the bowl games where it was like, oh, this guy has to be the number one pick in the draft. He is that good of a game record. I didn't see Aaron Donald out there on the field, you know, from Jalen Carter, but mm-hmm. uh, he's a, a great prospect. And I will say the Bears specifically might go the other way because Matt Eberflus, we saw it with the, yeah. uh, you know, with the trade of DeForest Buckner to, the Indianapolis Colts when he was there, I think he really does like having that stud three tech defensive tackle. So maybe uh, more so even for Aberflus, a tackle might be the pick over the edge. Yeah. I, I went with Jalen Carter. I think there's an ar- argument either way, you know, just philosophically, which do you prefer? I, I think what I've seen Carter's a slightly more impressive prospect than Anderson, but I think the bears will probably end up with one of the two. Certainly if they stay there at one, I, I don't think quarterbacks even in the, the notion at this point. Uh, this would be great for the Houston Texans, who would not yeah. have to throw extra picks in the pot to move up to get their guy at quarterback in Alabama's Bryce Young. Yeah, I, I think pairing him with D'Amico Ryan's the Bama connection should actually finally give the Texans some hope. You know, like put those guys on the billboards. You'll start to look like a real organization. Last couple of years have been brutal. I mean, the Watson stuff. I mean, even you know, trading new Hopkins and just the performance on the field, going through coaches left and right, that maybe there's finally a glimmer of hope there. But I'm really concerned about Bryce Young's size. I mean, it's hard to hold up as, as little as he is. I think he will be disqualified for some teams as a yeah. franchise quarterback because of the size. I don't know how much it matters. I think it matters less in this day and age than it has in the past because of how well-protected quarterbacks are by the rules. Uh, But I will say this for the Houston Texans. The one thing I don't like about the way this is shaping up is, and I'm trying to think, maybe you can help me out, Matt, and uh, listeners out there, let us know, at BD Peacock, at Williamson NFL. I'm trying to think of the last franchise that had a first-time head coach, a first-time offensive play caller. They're hiring Bobby Slowick, the former pass game Mm. coordinator from the 49ers, to run that system. So they're taking both offensive and defensive systems from uh, D'Amico Ryan's former team, the 49ers, there in Houston. So first-time head coach, first-time offensive play caller, and rookie quarterback. There's a lot of room for error there. 
when's the last time that turned out well i, I can't right. i can't think of a time so that does worry me a little bit um they do have mills there that could be you know, maybe stop gappy or they could bring in whoever you know garoppolo knows the system or another mm-hmm. veteran quarterback maybe to to help that transition but that does worry me a little bit for the texans and it's really looking like that's the direction they're going to go yeah and i don't know their coaching staff well enough or if they're done with it but might be wise to get some old grizzled 65-year-old former head coach, offensive coordinator type as just, you know, a assistant head coach or, you know, a senior offensive assistant or something like that. Someone's been around the block yes. to kind of, you know, be a stabilizing force. Right. Yeah, assistant head coach, someone that can be around that that has done it just because they don't have mm-hmm. any old heads in the room right now. Everyone's under yeah. 40 years old. Um, the uh, Jared Johnson, former quarterback, uh, Texas A&M? Jared Johnson, you remember? Mm, yeah, okay. He had a little bit of an NFL career, bigger quarterback. Um, and Gary Kubiak's son, who was D'Amico Ryan's head coach when he was a player for the Texans, Clint Kubiak is one of the assistants, I believe, pass game coordinator okay. for the uh, – or maybe run game coordinator, can't remember which, for the Houston Texans as well. So a lot of younger, younger coaches. Yeah, there's a lot of room for error there. I hadn't looked at that angle, but yeah. I, I do think they're going to be very much in the quarterback market and very much linked to Bryce Young. So some teams could come calling for number three, right, with the Arizona Cardinals. But with no trades, uh, this has pretty much been a defensive lineman and whoever's there. If Jalen Carter's gone, it's Will Anderson. If Will Anderson's gone, it's Jalen Carter. And they might have an opportunity to pick between the two. But here it's Will Anderson defensive end from Alabama for the Arizona Cardinals. Which I would think the Cardinals are just fine with. Great. You know, we'll take the other one. It works for us. You know, we don't have to move around. We'll listen to offers if someone's in love with C.J. Stroud or whomever, but we're we're thrilled to just take Will Anderson here, and it's a big need, and that team needs a lot. Some teams need some quarterbacks, only one off the board. We'll get to the pick number four for the Indianapolis Colts next and then run through the rest of the first round of Matt Williamson's mock draft 1.0 for the 2023 NFL draft next. Today's episode is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. When you're at your best, you're you can do great things, right? Sometimes though, life gets you a little bogged down. You may feel a little overwhelmed or like you're not showing up in the way that you want to. Working with the therapist can help you get closer to the best version of you because when you feel empowered, you're more prepared to take on everything life throws at you. You're more prepared to solve problems yourself when you start to learn those skills to cope better and problem solve on your own, then you're really then you're really doing something, then you're really living, right? And so uh, those are some important things that therapy can help you with. And sometimes just checking in once a week, make sure you're at where you need to be in your life with your um, with your own plan, right? It can, can help. And if you're ever thinking about giving therapy a try, try BetterHelp because it's such a great option. It's so convenient, flexible, uh, more affordable than in-person therapy. It's entirely online and so much easier to get through for you know some of the busy lives that a lot of us lead. Just fill out a brief questionnaire. They'll get you matched with a licensed therapist and uh, that meets your specific needs, no matter what they are. And you can switch therapists anytime if uh, at no additional charge if, if you don't like the therapist that you are first matched with. So if you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com slash locked on today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash locked on. Thanks again, everybody, for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure you're checking out everything the network has to offer. Your team is covered right here on Locked On, no matter the sport. Now the football season is over, but as we know, Matt, 
football never sleeps. That's why we are talking off season here and it is draft season. And we've got your first mock draft of the off season, Jalen Carter, Bryce young, Will Anderson off the board, which leaves us with the Indianapolis Colts at pick four, big need at quarterback. You looking at Stroud, you looking at Levis. What are you looking at here for the Colts? Yeah, I gave him Stroud. Uh, I mean, I think it's time to stop doing the recycled quarterbacks move, but who knows? Maybe they signed Derek Carr and you know use this pick on something else or whatever. But I, I feel pretty strong that it should be a quarterback. I have some concerns about Stroud, but still, um, this is where most people are mocking him to go, and, and it makes perfect sense to me. The Colts are a little bit of a tough one, and it looks yeah. like they're going to hire Shane Steichen, offensive coordinator from the, the Philadelphia Eagles there as their head coach who's who's the most similar to Jalen Hurts if you want to go down that road would it be CJ Stroud I like the way he ran a little bit more I think it made him a more dangerous quarterback in the bowl game but that's not been his style no Uh, but he's not physically imposing either like her yeah but but a little bit more physically imposing than Bryce Young which why because I've seen people have the Colts trading up to number one and drafting Bryce Young it just doesn't fit the mo of what we've known from Chris Ballard now this could be the outlier and they don't care because they think he's the best quarterback prospect but I would look for size at quarterback if I'm projecting the Colts until draft day yeah I mean maybe it is Will Levis or even Anthony Richardson who's Mm -hmm. probably the closest to Hurts especially when Hurts came out um, Stroud really yeah. isn't that similar. He's more of a pocket passer accuracy guy. Ah, oh, man. And the more I watch Richardson, just the, the level of tools he brings to the table. Yeah, he's pretty And I'm kind of not that sold on Will Levis. Should we be that shocked if it's Anthony Richardson at four who meets <laughs> the, the size criteria and is much more similar to Jalen Hurts for Steichen? Maybe that's the pick of four. It could be. It could be. I mean, that's really high for just based off his tape because it's yeah. his tape's not that great, but that's not how the draft works. I mean, we're projecting what they'll do in the NFL, and he has a very high ceiling. That could be the pick. It, it, it crossed my mind. Uh, as some people have said in this draft, it really is going to start at pick number five in the Seattle Seahawks, who could go quarterback themselves. Mm-hmm. Probably both of the stud defensive linemen are going to be off the board, so uh, things could start to get wild a little bit here at five with the Seahawks. Which direction do you have them going? I, I haven't taken Tyree Wilson, a real traits type edge rusher. Their pass rush needs a lot of work in Seattle. And, you know, during the Carroll era, they've liked bigger body defensive linemen. I think Wilson would be a good fit. That brings us to number six with the Detroit Lions. They also could take a Levis or a Richardson and sit them, just like Seattle. You know, both those teams have extra first round picks. But I went with my favorite corner, Christian Gonzalez, prototypical guy. He's going to test really, really well. Lions need defense. Yeah, I, I like the the Lions addressing defense here at pick mm-hmm. number six. The, the Lions can really do a lot of things. Got the extra pick. They could go quarterback with one of their two picks. They could move around a lot. Um, it's it's going to be a fun offseason for the Detroit Lions, I think, and, and yeah. especially a fun draft season. All these teams with extra picks, too, and, and we're going to see some picks get traded for veteran players we're going to see some picks get traded on draft day and the more teams that have extra picks the more likely that more picks are even to get traded so it kind of feeds into itself a little bit i think yeah i think you're 100 right and we'll talk draft as a whole overall but i'm not blown away with this draft overall so there might be more moving than people think trying to get picks next year things of that nature or maybe that makes less movement because nobody's really convicted about a player over who could, could fall be. to them at their spot and i still wonder about the quarterbacks like this I, I still feel like there's a little bit of an overselling and an overbilling for this quarterback class it was like oh wait till you know last year it was wait till next year's class and it's sure. a better class than last year but i don't think this adds up to the the 2021 class at all no, I 100% agree. Uh, maybe I'll change my tune, but what I know about these top four guys is fine, but I have more doubts than I have you know, answers. And it might be a situation like last year where 
still front offices are like, oh, but maybe next year's even better than this year kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Too. So we'll see if that plays into it at all. But that is hard to look that far ahead for, for teams that are quarterback needy, like the team picking at number seven, the Las Vegas Raiders. And Derek Carr, not doing him any favors, decides, I'm not going to help you out. So no. go ahead and cut me. So it's looking like there's not going to be any trade. And he turned down any, because he's got that no trade clause. He turned down the trade after visiting with uh, multiple days with the New Orleans Saints. And uh, he's going to force the Raiders to cut Derek Carr. So it looks like Derek Carr is going to hit the free agent market, not the trade market here in a couple of days. I give him credit. Like, why should I take an asset from my new team away when I can hit the open oh. market and, you know, probably get paid even more? Maybe he already has a deal with the Saints. Who knows? Um, I have the, the Raiders taking Will Levis, a project quarterback. Um, I, I think McDaniels could do good things with him, possibly. I think they should rebuild. I don't know that they agree with me. And there goes three quarterbacks off the board now with Will Levis at number seven to the Las Vegas Raiders. How about those Atlanta Falcons picking at number eight, Matt? I gave them Miles Murphy, who reminds me a lot of the first overall pick last year, Trevon Walker, just a big athlete on the front that you can do a lot with. Atlanta could certainly use somebody like that. Yeah, it's going to be interesting with Miles Murphy from Clemson and Tyree Wilson from Texas Tech, who he had going to number five. I mean, when you just look at them, they're top 10 picks, edge players that have the height, weight, speed that you're looking for. Uh, and, and we saw what happened last year. Like, do you remember with early mock drafts in January, February, where Trayvon Walker was going? Because it wasn't number one overall. No, right, right. And then he tested like crazy, and there wasn't a sure slam dunk overall first type pick. And, and I mean, Murphy could end up being five. Things do get interesting here because more quarterback needy teams are going to be on the outside looking in here, like pick nine with the Carolina Panthers, 11 with the Tennessee Titans. And you had the Panthers going with a quarterback, maybe a little bit more of a project in Anthony Richardson. But man, when you see him throw, you see his ability, uh, you could dare to dream with a quarterback prospect like that. Yeah. And a pretty good source told me that the Panthers plan on we'll see if they can implement it they would love to do the Steelers Trubisky picket move you know sign somebody that still has a little upside but has been around the block and hopefully use a first round pick on a quarterback I mean so I could see Richardson being the perfect guy for that if you already have Sam Darnold back or somebody like that you know yeah no that's a good plan I could totally see that being implemented by the Carolina Mm -hmm. Panthers Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, they were just in the Super Bowl. By the way, did the Super Bowl change anything for you here in this mock draft aside from pick who was going to be picking 30 and 31 with the who won the Super Bowl? To pull the curtain back, this was due on Friday, so no. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got a corner going here to the Philadelphia yeah. Eagles, Devon uh, Witherspoon from Illinois. Had a tremendous season for, for Illinois, and some have him as the top corner in this draft. Um, a little slight, but... Bradbury's a free agent. I think they they loved having Slay-Bradbury combination. If you could keep that going with Witherspoon and Slay, you know, you keep a strength of strength. And we'll see at the combine, but I have a feeling, and there's a lot of these guys in every draft where you got a guy who's a really good player like Witherspoon. Mm-hmm. Listen at, what, six feet, 180? He's not going to be six yeah. feet when he shows up. Is he going to be 5'10 and three quarters? Is he going to be 5'11 mm-hmm. and a half? You know, uh, is he going to get the weight up a little bit, 185 maybe? Can he get to 190? Would 5'11, 190 be okay and still be a top 10 pick with with, with his ability and his competitiveness? I mean, the tape is great for, for Witherspoon, but I worry about the size, and I wonder if he's going to yeah. slip if he does show up much less than six feet because he's not uh, a – He's not a bulky guy either. 
No, he's not. I mean, that's why I had Gonzalez going over him as the first corner off the board. And it sounds like nothing, but what if he's 178 instead of 180? Like, ooh, he's too skinny. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. if he's sub six feet and sub 180, it'll be yeah, disqualifying. Sub. Like, right, kind of, right. there's certain teams that are like, this is the minimums we have to have. And if you weigh 179 pounds, we will not draft you maybe at all, and surely not in the first round. Well, I know we have to get to a break here, but that brings me to the next pick is I have the Titans taking Peter Skoronsky, who I think is the best blocker in this draft, but he is lucky to be 6'4". He has short arms. I just took him here because the Titans could use a guard or a tackle. He'll just be mm-hmm. a starter somewhere, but most teams won't look at him and say, he's not he's not tall enough to ride the ride at left tackle for us. I mean, it, there's a lot of outliers in this draft, yeah. including Bryce Young, you know? Yeah, and it's kind of to your point of maybe it's not the – you know, the best draft class. We've I don't seen love it because yeah. of some of those reasons, because you can poke a lot more holes in a lot of guys than you can a lot of years, even though there's a lot of really good prospects too. Yeah. And it might, not, it might uh, lead to less separation on people's draft boards. And how about Jonah Williams for a comp for Skronsky? Yeah. He's in that neighborhood. I mean, yeah. people that love him say he's Zach Martin, you know, I mean, remember how good Martin was a left tackle at Notre right. Dame. Yeah. He went on to be an all-time great guard. Yeah, maybe, but he might be none of the above either. I mean, he might be – Jonah Williams isn't prototypical left tackle. Such a needed tackle, and it looks like there might be a little tackle run happening here starting at 11 with the mm-hmm. Tennessee Titans. We'll get to the rest of the first round next. Today's episode of Peacock and Williamson is brought to you by our very good friends at Built Bar. If you're looking for that delicious treat, but you don't want all the fat and calories, you got to try a Built Bar. Of course, a lot of people trying to eat healthier through the new year and into February now. And a lot of people maybe have already gone off the rails. And probably if you went off the rails with your New Year's resolution diet, it's because you're reaching for snacks that aren't good for you. So get rid of those snacks. Get them out of your pantry. Get them out of your glove box in your car. Get them out of your desk at work and replace them with Built Bars because Built Bars are healthy and actually and tasty. And most Built Bars covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right. Real chocolate, delicious, and helps set Built Bars apart. So you really feel like you're getting a snack. Unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond, and only 130 calories in most Built Bars. Only four grams of sugar in most Built Bars, but a whopping 17 grams of protein. So you're getting a protein bar that's helping feed your body, that's helping keeping you satisfied without all the calories and without all the sugar. And now, not only can you find Built Bars at Built.com, but you can also start finding them on your store shelves like Walmart and your local Sam's Club. At Walmart, check out the pharmacy section. You can find four boxes of cookies and cream, double chocolate or coconut puffs. And at Sam's Club, grab a 13-bar box of hit flavors like brownie batter and churro, and you can thank us later. And, of course, you can find all the flavors and all the varieties at Built.com. Here we go. Fast and Furious to end the first round yeah. of Matt Williamson's mock draft 1.0. The Houston Texans are back on the clock with their second selection in round one at number 12. This goes back to what we were just saying, too. Like, I have some questions about this draft. I have Jordan Addison going here just because I think a receiver would be a great pairing with a young quarterback. Cooks could be on a different team. But Addison would not be the first receiver off the board almost any other year I can remember. And it wouldn't shock me if he's in the mid twenties. Like there's no stud receiver in this class that I see. Yeah. It's a, it's a tough year for offensive tackle and wide receiver. And every Mm -hmm. single team needs an offensive tackle and a wide receiver. So you got to believe they might start to get artificially pushed up and there's not a lot on the free agent market either. So there might be, you know, trades for veterans on other teams as well. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess we should hustle through these. So, but yeah. Um, Jets number 13. 
I haven't taken Brian Branch, who's a do-it-all defensive back. I think he's got a high ceiling and a high floor. I'm sure Robert Salah would love that. New England Patriots at pick 14. You've got Paris Johnson, offensive tackle from Ohio State. He's the most prototypical of the left tackles, but he was only done it one year. Um, the Patriots have win hitting free agency, so maybe they go that way. Green Bay Packers picking at number 15. I haven't taken Brian Breezy, who's a five-star recruit out of Clemson. Combine's going to be huge for him. Defensive tackle, defense tackle class past Carter is really questionable. Um, but he has medical issues. So some people are not even, don't even have him go in the first round because of medicals. And, and I've seen him go as high as the third defensive lineman yeah. off the board after Anderson and Carter, too. Yeah, I kind of split the difference, just stuck him in the middle of the first round. Middle of the first round. Uh, and look at this. We're, we're at pick 16 here, and you got the Pittsburgh Steelers next at 17. And you got a couple offensive linemen here. You got guard Osiris Torrance out of Florida going to the Washington Commanders. And you got Broderick Jones, offensive tackle from Georgia, going to the Pittsburgh Steelers. So through the first half of the first round, defensive linemen, quarterbacks, offensive linemen. Yeah, and Torrance to me is a clear guard only, but they want to run the ball. He's a masher. Jones is a lot more um, like the Ohio State dude. Johnson is a prototypical left tackle that has some um, technique stuff to work on. And here's the tight end run that's going to begin. At yeah, some there's a lot of tight ends. It's yeah. a really good tight end class, and it starts with the Detroit Lions at pick 18 and Notre Dame's Michael Mayer. Yeah, and they traded Hawkinson. Mayer's very similar. It just seemed like a logical move. Tampa Bay Buccaneers at 19. They go a lot of directions. They have a lot of needs. I think they're trying to get young, but Todd Bowles always has a lot of uh, stress on his corner. So I have them taking Joey Porter Jr., who is always mocked to my Steelers because Joey Porter Sr. was a Steeler. Yeah. Yes, I like it. I love it. <laughs> and that's what the Steelers I watched, do. Uh, I watched. So last draft, the 49ers in the sixth round selected Tariq Castro Fields out of Penn State. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I got to go back and watch some more of Treat Castro Fields. I put on the Penn State tape, and I was like, oh, my God, this guy's amazing. And yeah. then after about five minutes, I realized I was watching the other corner, Joey Porter. <laughs> okay, they didn't get that guy, and right. uh, and he looks pretty darn good. He plays corner a lot like his dad played defense, too. He's a pretty mm-hmm. physical standout guy, yeah. And they have uh, free agents at that position as they well. They do, they do. So it's, it's a nice fit there. How about Seattle Seahawks' second selection in the first round? I have taken Keon White, which is a second defensive lineman, but he's a lot different than the edge guy. He can play on the edge. He can bump inside. He's like 285 pounds. People think he might run under a 4'6". So, you know, they've had the Michael Bennett types. And nobody should ever be surprised if the Seahawks draft a lot of players that are large and that play on either line. Yeah, right, right, right. And they double down in positions all the time, too. You know, it makes sense. Here's a name that seems to be flying up draft boards, draft boards at wide receiver, just because you mentioned there's no do it all wide receivers. It's a it's a class that's going to be uh, sort of a, a pick your pick your flavor at wide receiver. And Jalen Hyatt out of Tennessee might be the fastest of all. Yeah, he's the Will Fuller type, and the Chargers are kind of a slow offense. I think you know they need a a burner to open up room in the passing game. Herbert's big arm. I thought this was a pretty good fit. Like that for the Chargers at 21, and then you double up wide receiver here, 22, the Baltimore Ravens going with Quentin Johnson, who might be the most prototype sort of um, yeah. size-wise wide receiver that might fit the uh, mentality of the Baltimore Ravens out of TCU here at 22. I mean, their receiver position is really bad right now, and I think he'll stick his nose in as a blocker, which is important to them too, so I think they'd be thrilled to do this. And if he hits and then Rashad Bateman comes back from injury, who was a, you know, thought everyone thought was going to be the breakout guy at wide receiver mm-hmm. last year. And then you got Andrews at, at tight end. Suddenly it wouldn't be a bad pass catching group. 
Not too bad. Yeah, not too bad. Maybe they even sign a Jarvis Landry or somebody like that, you know? Minnesota Vikings at 23. Their corner position was bad, and they're hiring Flores as a defensive coordinator. He wants to play a lot of man, so I gave them Cam Smith out of South Carolina. Yep, love it. I mean, when you see Flores in the Vikings, you just think, okay, corners, because they need to play. Mm -hmm. uh, I love that pick for uh for minnesota at 23 you got the jacksonville jaguars picking it no no more number one overalls for the jacksonville yeah. jaguars congratulations this is darnell washington tight end out of georgia at 24 uh, i have too many tight ends in my first round but it is an intriguing class he's like 285 much different than evan ingram but he can help in the run and pass game i, I didn't see a glaring need for the jags and we gotta remember ridley's coming into that mix too mm-hmm New York Giants at pick 25. It's looking like a, a deep corner class here. You've got it Emmanuel is. Forbes out of Mississippi State at 25. Yeah, and my logic here was they could go a lot of directions. They have a lot of needs, but Wink Martindale likes to play with a ton of defensive backs on the field. I mean, he likes to blitz a lot, so I thought another corner would be useful. I love and hate this selection. You've got Jackson Smith and Jigba, wide receiver mm-hmm. from Ohio State, going at 26 to the Dallas Cowboys. And the reason I don't like it is because maybe too much similarity to where CD Lamb operates. Mm-hmm. Um, but why I love it is because he's a great player. The comp, maybe no player, the combine matters more than Jackson Smith and Jigba because he might not run fast, but you, you can't be running four sevens, like getting the four fives and you're good. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't love giving them a slot type, but I thought he was too good to pass up this late. They, they're one weapon short, in my opinion, in the passing game. Yeah, I have no idea. And Jigba could end up a third round pick or he could go first he receiver. First receiver. Yeah, right, right. Because his tape is great. And Brainy years ago, of the right. year, yeah, um, right. Garrett Wilson said he was the best receiver there. So that's telling yeah. you something. But, you know, the, the combine might not be fair to how good of a player he is. And, and you know, he, he get the Jarvis Landry treatment. You might be right about that. I don't know if you'll approve of this pick or not. Bill's oh. taking first running back off the board, Bijan Robinson. Well, I'm just... glad it didn't happen at like pick 12 or something like yeah. that. So 27, a little bit better. Clearly the best running back in this draft. And how much he impacts the passing game is going to go a long way to how valuable a running back is in today's NFL, as we just talked about with the Super Bowl yesterday. Uh, Bijan Robinson's a stud, uh, you know, just the, the attrition level at running back. But the fit here, the Bills have a lot. I, I can see this pick, absolutely. Yeah, Singletary's a free agent. I think they need to realize you play in Buffalo and you're going to play important late-season games. You need to create a power running game. Pick 28, the Cincinnati Bengals. I thought about a corner here, but Hayden Hurst is a free agent. I don't know that Tyler Boyd's in the long-term plan, so keep the receivers strong. I want Dalton Kincaid, an athletic tight end out of Utah. Yeah, get yourself a pass catcher. You got under mm-hmm. control for five years. People are talking about how they're going to have to start trading T. Higgins even, you know? So, um, yeah, right, right. that. Uh, there's some other needs with the Bengals as well, but uh, a pass catcher is probably something that that you shouldn't sleep on for the Bengals early in the draft. Yeah, I think, especially if Hurst is leaving, you know, they could use a tight end there. Talk to me about Lucas Van S, defensive end from Iowa to the New Orleans Saints at 29. Traitsy guy. I mean, they always like those huge defensive ends. Davenport's a free agent. Jordan's getting up in age. He's not even technically a starter for Iowa, but I mean, he's going to test off the charts. He's going to be like 280 in that neighborhood. Fits the Saints quite a bit. And uh, I like how in your write up here, you talk about Cam Jordan's successor and yeah, similarities yeah. between those players. Absolutely. That's what they look for at that position. He can kick inside if he has to. They could develop him under Jordan. It seems like a good fit. 
Maybe nobody helped their stock more than tight end Luke Musgrave out of Oregon State at the Senior Bowl, Matt. You have him going to Kansas City at 30, and some people might be thinking to themselves, well, wait, don't they have Travis Kelsey at tight end? Yeah, and some people might be saying, why aren't the Eagles picking at 30? (laughs) Well, because I turned this in on Thursday. So <laughs> Matt, the Eagles to win the Super Bowl, big dummy. Uh, yeah, this is supposed to be pick 31 for the Kansas City Chiefs and Luke Musgrave to end the first round. Uh, and at pick 30 for the Philadelphia Eagles, you have Derek Hall, defensive end from Auburn. Yeah, he's a pass rusher. I can't imagine the Eagles, who I gave a corner, will not take a lineman with one of their two first-round picks. So I just gave him the best lineman. They have some free agents on that defensive front, so I gave them Hall. Um, Musgrave, I think, is a really good fit for the Chiefs, who – We'll talk later in the week, but they can address some things in free agency, which is amazing. But they played a ton of 12 and 13 personnel this year. So they're stressing the tight end position more than they did in previous years. And kind of like the Cam Jordan situation, why not learn from Kelsey? You know, give give him a raw, big tight end to kind of learn from Kelsey, who's not going to last forever and be hey, a compliment in the meantime. If you're going to try to pay extra attention to Kelsey, too, and yeah. this guy run the seam and all of a sudden get behind you because you got too many guys looking at uh, at, at a different at number 87, you know? Yeah, and imagine what um, Andy Reid would do with an upgrade over Noah Gray, you know what I mean? The first round officially over here with that selection of Luke Musgrave to end it for the Kansas City Chiefs, but we've got an extra selection. We're going to stick with 32, and that is the Pittsburgh Steelers for the Steelers fans out there. Uh, who's the selection here to start the second round 32 overall at Pittsburgh? Yeah, it worked out well for us. I mean, considering this is for Steelers.com and yeah, we'll keep it a 32 pick draft. And I don't think they have to go O-line O-line. I would be shocked if one of their top three picks is not an offensive lineman, but I kind of fell in love with John Michael Schmitz at the senior bowl. He is a nasty, really Steeler-esque center. And anyone knows the Steelers history going from, Mike Webster to Dermani Dawson to Marquise Pouncey, you know, they, they invest in that position more than maybe any team that I can remember. There you go. Doubling up on the offensive line. I think, you know, yeah. what the team needs are for Matt Williamson and those Pittsburgh Steelers this off season. Absolutely. And I also like corner corner could have been in play too, with their two top, top picks. There you go. Did you love it? Did you hate it? Let us know. We've got a mailbag episode on Wednesday at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. Thanks, everybody, for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen. Be back with all of your questions tomorrow right here. Peacock and Williamson.